This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 183, and uh, we got to start with this Bulls game. I'll lead off. I know they say it's weak to criticize the officiating i know they say it's weak to blame a loss on the refs i'm not gonna do that but watching this game this was the worst officiated game i've seen in a long time on both sides there were ticky tack fouls there were obvious fouls that were missed there were makeup calls there were there were things that we see in basketball all the time not called like letting a guy land giving a guy space and when it's kevin durant the best player on the court like how do you not call that? I'm watching this game and uh, Nets Twitter starts to find out who's officiating the game. And they find Mark Davis, who was like 20 to 35 through Michael Jordan's run through Chicago, went to a nearby high school. And so everybody's starting to say the fix is in the fix is in. But either way, man, I looked at it like this. The Chicago Bulls have had the Nets number over the last couple of years and they have good players. They're having a little bit of a rough start to their year, but they have raised their level of play for their competition. Um, they beat the Bucks right before they beat the Nets, and uh, they've beat the Celtics this year, I believe. So, like, they know that they can compete with the top teams in the East. I think they just played down to their competition and get beat some time. As soon as that game started, the Nets gave up 40 points in the first quarter, and I'm like, that ain't good. That That's not what we've been seeing out of this Nets team that's been holding teams to under 100 or around 100 points. You give up 40 in the first quarter, most likely that game is going to go over 100. Uh, There's a few themes that I will put out first, and then we'll go around the horn and talk about them. Uh, Obviously, the 40 points in the first quarter, the officiating, KD going for 44, uh, Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal was like 0 for 8. That was his worst showing as a Brooklyn Net. Maybe his worst game ever. Ben Simmons. I don't know. I don't. I come in with low expectations for Ben, but we'll talk about Ben Simmons. And then giving Seth Curry some props. I think that was his best game of the season. At least, like, he was hitting some big shots. I think he had 22. So, uh, Robin, your thoughts on the Bulls' loss that snaps the streak at 12? Well, you know, first of all, let's all take a deep breath. <laughs> when you win yes. 12 games in a row, Thank you're not going to win every game the remainder of the season. They're going to catch an L here or there. Makes sense. So, you know, a random road game against a team that's starting to, to play better when the officiating doesn't exactly work in your favor. right? Um, and it's always tough. I mean, it's tough in the NBA to overcome officiating, especially now. Like, I, I keep hearing people talk about nobody in the NBA plays defense, and I, I just don't think that's true. I, I think – 
over the course of a season, maybe there's less emphasis on the regular season, so that can influence effort here and there. But I, I think it's just so hard to guard the way that the court is spread to the degree it is and where these guys are shooting from and the volume of which they're shooting from out there, and then you can't even get close to them. So when you're getting a bad whistle on top of that, it, it just makes it extra tough. Um, Royce O'Neal, really, it's going to come down for him. It's going to come down to whether he makes threes or not. I mean, that's his success or failure in a Brooklyn uniform, I think will be determined by whether he makes open threes. And he missed the open threes in that game. And then Ben, you know, Ben Simmons has shown some flashes this year for sure. I won't lie and say I'm not concerned about a playoff series when things get tight and his inability to create a shot or his uh, seemingly uh, aver- or seeming aversion to the free throw line, both wanting to get there and not being able to hit shots in those situations. But the, the good has still outweighed the bad with him as far as a fit. Um, you know, when you talk about defense, when you talk about setting guys up, setting screens, pushing the pace, all that stuff. But sure, it's it's one of the concerns for the team. But the, the good thing is, uh, the moral of the story is, we're talking about concerns of how they're going to do in the playoffs and how they're going to do against the best teams and not whether they're going to be there. Yeah, and that's a good thing to be worried about, right? So I'll take it, you know, in reverse order with with the Ben Simmons thing. There was a long time where we were talking about his lack of development early in the season, and we were worried, well, we might not even get to the playoffs unless he steps it up, especially during the time when we didn't know if Kyrie was coming back. But now I think we have the luxury of being able to say, well, we have a good team. We have a team that is, what, one game out of first place in the Eastern Conference, it's not too big of a concern that the Nets would miss the playoffs entirely at this point, which I knock on wood, but I feel confident in saying. So I think that lets us feel confident in giving him time. Then to Royce, you don't ever want to see the double zeros turn into triple zeros with him putting up a goose egg in the scoreline. Royce is in a situation just like every other Nets role player where, like Robin said, all you have to do is hit open shots. That's your job. That's your job. And there's got to be a quick trigger on that because if you have someone who is in that position getting those open shots, because if you're playing next to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you will be getting open shots. You just have to hit them. And he has been a good role player throughout the season. I don't think one game is a reason to, you know, say we have to trade him or anything like that, even if it was uh, a really bad game and a game that snapped the streak. But I will say if that continues to be a problem and persists, we do need to have somewhat of a quick trigger with the trade deadline approaching and that being the easiest time to acquire players who can excel in that role. Uh, The last thing I'll say about the officiating, and I think Robin kind of hit on this, offensive coaching and offensive at basketball in the NBA has evolved at such a quick pace along with the style of player that has begun to succeed in the NBA. And it's evolved faster than the game has evolved. It's evolved faster than defensive evolution and evolutions in refereeing. When you have someone like Giannis, and I know this is a tired topic, or even back to James Harden, when you have someone who is a physical anomaly like Giannis or a play style anomaly like James Harden, it becomes very difficult to call them accurately based on rules that have theoretically existed throughout the history of basketball. And this isn't a problem that's going to get fixed, but it's going to be a problem that is going to come to the forefront when the Nets may get matched up against the Bucks in the playoffs or may get matched up against a player who is some sort of a, a physical or a play style anomaly that makes uh, calling you know, fouls on them or fouls against them uh, very difficult. So lots of interesting things to take away from this game. But the one thing I will say for all Nets fans, it sucks to lose the win streak, but don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. We just getting started. Don't panic. Uh, shout out to French Montana. I heard there was a shooting at his um, 
video shoot in Miami. I'm like, damn, people are right at it. New year, new me. Um, what was I going to say? In defense of Royce O'Neal, he was sick. I, I know there's really no defense in the NBA. If you're available and you're good to play, you know, uh, Jordan had the flu game and uh, guys have played sick in the past. But, like, I got to try and defend the guy somehow. Uh, Jacques Vaughn also in his post game said, we've depended on Royce. We're going to continue to depend on Royce. He missed the first couple shots. He missed the rest of the shots. But we're going to go back to him and trust him to uh, hit those shots in the future. And I trust him to do that, too. That's why they got Royce O'Neal, right? I, I said on WFAN last night, I forget who I was talking to about the Nets, and I've been getting plenty of Nets conversation on the fan. Uh, <laughs> if Evan can't get it in on Carden and Roberts, I'm going to get it in on my solo show. But uh, I said with Royce O'Neal, you know, I think someone said, oh, we traded a, a pick for him. And I'm like, yeah, because last year and years past, we needed a Royce O'Neal type. Like he's exactly what the Nets had needed. He's due for a bad game. Everybody's going to have a bad game. Like, it's okay. In the chat, I see my guy, Mr. Byrne, notice. John said, Roy shot 48% from three in December. It's fine. Like, basically saying, like, we know, we know that that's not his regular shooting performance. That's a one-off thing. And it might be coming off um, sickness, illness, whatever. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is Ben Simmons. And I don't really care about Ben Simmons like that. Like, I do because he's on the team. But when I see people like... They just run to like trash Ben Simmons. I I still realize we're we're not even forty games in. This guy didn't play for a long time. I just I I go in with such low expectations for what he's gonna give us that when he is turning the ball over or missing shots or just like you know it I I I'm not surprised. So uh, there's a, a theme on NBA Twitter, Nets Twitter, and and Philadelphia Sixers Twitter about his free throws. Alex, throw up the um, Graphic. So one is uh, the Nets are now one in seven when Ben Simmons makes a free throw. <laughs> like, all right. So we want Ben Simmons to miss his free throws. No. Earlier in the in the season, um, Jacques Vaughn also said, like, we you know we depend on Ben and we expect him to knock those down. I think they put him in the game, and I think there was a game earlier in the year where they went to the hack of Ben strategy, and Ben actually hit like fifty percent of his free throws. Whatever. Um, where's the other one where it talks about, I think, the month of... Yeah, so Ben Simmons just made his first free throw since November of 2022. And that was put out there, I think, during the game by Nets Daily. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't even know that because I'm not paying attention to Ben like that. I'm not looking at his free throw stats like that because it's such a small factor in what this team is doing and what this team needs to do to win. But I will say this. As we're approaching this trade deadline season and now about a month until the deadline, it does make me think about, all right, people asking me, who do I want? Who's the, the big, who's the target that we should get? I'm like, we, we can't get another guy that can't shoot free throws because with Claxton and we all have nightmares from last year and Ben with Hack of Ben and having those two together. The nightmares we would have if we're in a playoff series and it comes down to Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons hitting free throws and they absolutely just can't. 